I just took off all my clothes because I wanted to have some, I don't not not empathy, but fun empathy for you. So uh, I am <laughs> sitting here naked in my garage. Now it's called the Naked Comedy Cave. And I'd like to welcome to the show, Christopher Gregory, a.k.a. Fat Kid with a P and a double D. So that's how we do it. Welcome to the show, Chris. How are you doing today? Oh, great. How are you? I'm doing okay. So uh, you found me, and I'm glad you found me. And 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 I, I understand that you are a comedian among uh, a, a dancer. Uh, and we have lots to talk about. We even have to talk about you embarrassing yourself in front of Nate Jackson, which you oh, probably yeah. are not the first person to do that. So no. why don't you go ahead and tell me a little bit about yourself. You can talk about comedy and then you, we can just kind of go with the flow of the conversation. Oh, man. Um, so I'm originally um, I'm originally from Texas, uh, Victoria, Texas. So my current team and forever t- will t- be a favorite team will forever be the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I do work for the Seattle Seahawks, though, so I kind of have to you know, limit how much energy I bring to work most days. <laughs> um, I've lived up here. I've lived up here for tw- about 21 years. Uh, yeah, 21 years. Um, uh-huh. You can never get me to, ca- I will never claim myself as a Washingtonian. Um, the, the, nope, can't do it. Sorry. I really can't. I, I cannot. Uh, Is it because of your Texas roots? It is because of my Texas roots, and there are things that Washingtonians do that I just cannot get down with. All right. Well, now we're getting into my territory because I am not from Washington either, and I love to cannot get down with because I can get down with not getting down with things about Washington too. So, what are what are your 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 top things that you do not like to get down with snow. <laughs> in Washington? The snow, the cold. The snow, the cold. Okay, those are good. Those, yeah, yeah. The and, and the snow is a recent, relatively recent thing that's been uh, uh, happening more frequently here. Uh, like in two thousand, you you were here in two thousand eight, correct? Uh huh. That was that was a big bigger snowstorm. You but but you've been here for longer than me. I moved here in two thousand eight, and 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 there was that snowstorm, and it was before they had any uh, infrastructure here to deal with the snow, so they didn't plow anything. It was terrible. Oh, oh yeah. The, yeah, you missed all the you missed the good you missed all the good ones then. All the good ones. What were the good ones like? Uh there was a there was one that was in two thousand and end of two thousand and three, beginning of two thousand and four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. End of two thousand three, beginning of two thousand and four, and the whole um the 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 snowstorm lasted about three to f- about three to four weeks. It stopped snowing for a week and then it snowed again. 
Oh my goodness. Like it didn't yeah, no. stop snowing until I want to say it didn't stop snowing until like February. <laughs> that 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 is intense. That would be a lot, and 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 I I hope they were able to plow it then, or had something. Oh yeah, they were able to plow. They were able to plow it, but it like it would freak. Like the snow would. I mean, the roads would freeze, and mm. then it would get all really nice, and then it would freeze again, and then it would yeah. be really nice, and then it would freeze again. Yeah, I, like I grew up in Virginia, and we just we would either have snowstorms or ice storms, and. Uh, during the ice storms, the power and electricity would always go out. Sledding would, for the first hour of the ice storm would be kind of crazy and fun because you would just go down hills and slide into things and, and hope for the best. And right. But what would happen is, is that, that you would be sitting, you know, hoping that the electricity didn't go out because you wanted to watch whatever was on the television because that was the only thing you could really do was sit in front of your TV or just go out in the ice but every now and again, the trees were filled with so much ice and there's all trees just everywhere that you would just hear these loud, you, like, like it would sound like an explosion. You'd hear trees cracking in half because of the ice, like the, the whole trunks of the trees were just it, just icicles. It, it was crazy. I'm glad that, that I have not experienced that here. But you're from Texas. So you did you have ice storms down there at all or anything like that? Yeah, when I moved up here, they, they had a... Uh snow they had they got snow for the first time in like 40 years and it only snowed for like two days but uh -huh. it gets i think about what you what you guys call warm we call cold so yeah it's like 40 degrees when it's 40 degrees here you guys oh that's a, that's really nice no we're freezing cold um, no it's yeah it's definitely like really it. funny yeah go ahead we don't we don't like it that cold and that's one of the reasons why i don't like the cold because it gets it average it gets between 40 to 39 and i'm just like nope i don't want to leave my house it is so funny because when i i i lived overseas in in korea for a little while and i got there in december and what we think what you might think of as being cold is what the what people in korea here if koreans and and canadians would just tease me about how freezing i was when I was in Korea, it was just so cold that I remember my first month there, it was so cold that you, I just lost my voice. And people said, yeah, that happens in your first month. You're just going to lose your voice because you're not used to how extremely cold it is. But they would just make fun of me because uh, they're like, you're, you're, you're cold. But they would, but, but here in Seattle, it, it like, again, they would think that that's super warm where you think it's so cold. Perspective perspective cool right. yeah so you you've been doing comedy now for how long uh i started comedy i want to say i started comedy about nine years ago kind of like a joke just to kind of like um get some stuff to just kind of like just kind of like crack jokes with my friends and then 2014 i just started taking it seriously mm -hmm. uh was doing some was doing some small shows out in portland and a horrible, horrible um, incident happened to me, and I took uh, the better part of four—I want to say about four, four years off. Oh, yeah. or I took about four years off to kind of like regain myself, and I recently made my triumphant return to comedy um, in July. Wow! So you've just started getting back into it. So, what year did you start again? 
Uh, I want to say about 2011. 2011. Yeah, just joking. Just kind of being really wanting to be just uh, being funny. So my people kept telling me I was funny. So I would do like, I would tell like small jokes about things I did, things I had been going through for the past months and crack crack a couple jokes. And then people would hackle me, uh, heckle me and tell me how bad I sucked. And I'd be like, well, I mean, you're not up here. So it sucks to be you. Oh, hecklers. <laughs> Where, what kind of places did you start off performing in? Well, um, when I was 18, I couldn't really, you know, you, you know, you're young, so you can't really go into, like, comedy clubs. But I yeah. would do, um, like, backyard functions or um, I went to church. So um, a lot of times it would is be. That where, is that where you got heckled at church? Is that where they were like, Mm-mm. you suck? <laughs> no. <laughs> Get um, off the no, pulpit. Sure. I'm a former job course student, so we have those we have those monthly uh, quarterly talent shows. Yeah. And I was telling a joke about me being in high school, and long and behold, somebody that I actually went to high school with um, was sitting in the audience, and out of the clear blue, goes, "It wasn't funny back then, and it's not funny now. Get off the stage." And this is somebody you went to high school with. Uh huh. How did how did you deal? How did you did you recognize them immediately? Oh yeah, was it somebody oh, that you did not like in high school or had any yeah. issue with? Her and I have a have a sibling relationship, so like some days some days we're really cool with each other. Other days we're just kind of like, uh, you can get away from me, I can get away from you. And so you're you're still in contact with this person? Uh, kind of, sort of. But as much as you you would, as much as you would talk to your high school classmates, you know, a casual little, hey, how you doing? If we weren't if we weren't really kicking it back in high school, I'm not really gonna talk to you now. I really don't have the time for that, you know. Yeah, so they're still in Texas. Mm-hmm. No, they're they're here. Mm-hmm. I've, I've I've lived here since 2001, so I went to school up here. Oh, you went to school up here? Okay, I I, mm-hmm. I, I have I have no relevance of age. I was thinking, 21 years. So I was assuming that you started comedy at 18. No, that couldn't have been. So you're you're no you're right. I started comedy at eighteen. Okay, and and, and that was and, and now I'm I'm trying to do math because I I I was uh, how old are you? I could just ask you. Twenty nine. I just turned twenty nine. Okay, so you've not been doing comedy since you were eight years old. <laughs> <laughs> I I I was looking. I wonder if he is closer to my age or. I just always assume that that most people are the same age as me, and then I realize, wow, I I am old and I don't understand like mm-hmm. like the way people who are younger than me think about things at all. Uh, so uh, you, you 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 started doing comedy, and people said you're funny. Do you remember any of like the first kind of jokes that you told, or kind of what they were about, or anything that you uh, want? Yeah, uh, a lot of jokes were um, about. Um, me and my insane amount of ways to get myself into trouble and then getting myself out of trouble because nobody believes that this this quiet kid, this quiet, energetic child can cause this much damage. Well, I, I want to hear about that. You were a quiet kid that got into trouble. What What kinds of things were you getting yourself into trouble and how did you deal with those situations? Well, I'm a... Um, I'm a very, uh, I was a very angry child and very uh-huh. quiet. 
because I was so angry. So I like to I like to yell and fight. Mm-hmm. And then the teacher would go. The teacher would literally tell the principal, "He fights. He 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 fit, he pushed somebody." The principal would be like, "Yeah, I don't believe that. That that, that kid's too quiet." Oh, so you you kind of had like an alter ego. You would it was oh. the, the, the yeah you your your anti hero your your venom your Deadpool was Dead, uh, Deadpool. <laughs> you're more of a Deadpool. Oh yeah, I can see that because that kind of goes with the male stripper thing, right? It actually, does and that's a funny and a, a, that's a funny story how I got to that how I got to that point because. Most people don't believe. Most people don't believe. Uh, well, wait, they they don't believe me until certain songs come on and they say we'll prove it, and then I prove it. And then, <laughs> oh my gosh! Certain songs come on, they're like, prove it. Go, go ahead. I was laughing because that just that idea just just made me laugh. Go ahead. Um. But like a, a lot of times, how I deal with it is just I I, I like to write a lot, so. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the early jokes that you hear are basically, or a lot of them are journal entries of me just literally just writing some stuff out and crying about it and then laughing about it later. Cause I'm, I mean, at the age of 10, I'm beat, I'm trying to fight 13 year olds because they won't stop talking about me. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, a raging ball of fire at the age of 10. What were they fighting you about? Because I'm, I was, um, for ten for ten years old, I was very very smart, like mm-hmm. very. Um, I, I knew a lot of stuff before, like I knew a lot of stuff about a lot of things before they did, and um, because I was because I was so young, um, I cried a lot. Like, yeah. You you don't know how to deal with certain I don't know how to deal with certain emotions and certain feelings so I cry, instead of like getting I'd start crying first and then they would start picking on me because I'm crying and then I'd mm-hmm. have to try to pick up something and throw them uh, and throw it at them. It's such a messed up thing to to actually you know kind of handling your emotions in a relatively healthy way and then someone's like fuck that dude we're just gonna throw shit at him and see what happens and then you're like you know. You know, now this sadness is just feel, starting to feel like anger, and I'm not. It, it, the Hulk comes out. Yeah, um, my mom. My mom calls me, and it would almost became my stage name. But my mom calls me Blue Flame because I am. It takes a lot to heat me up, but once I'm there, I could. She says I could scorch a whole field just by my anger. Wait, Bruce Wayne almost became your male stripper name or your comedian no. name? Blue okay. Flame, Blue Flame Blue. almost became my uh, my stage, my comedy stage name. Okay, Blue uh, Flame. I thought you said Bruce, Bruce, Bruce no. Wayne. No, 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 Bruce Wayne. <laughs> okay, so Blue Flame almost became your comedy name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and uh, so I, when when I was a kid, I I got into a few fights as well. But I could never get like angry initially. It was always after I had gotten beaten up, and then I would just like, <laughs> like lose it with people. And I and and I I could never even go after the person that like initially started the fight. I would go after the person that I thought was just annoyed me the most at school, 
who just happened to be there. I remember it became a whole little thing. I, I, I broke that guy's glasses. He tried to call my mom to get me to pay for his glasses. My mom was like, we're not paying for shit. <laughs> and, and it just was this whole ordeal. And I, I was like, what do I do with this anger? And I had a girlfriend at the time. So luckily I just, you know, she came to my room and made out with me. And that was, that was how I dealt with it. And uh, the way I grew up, I didn't grow up with like, with all whole bunch of male cousins. I grew up with all female cousins. So you would think that I would be the more, you know, the sensitive, you know, calm person. Nope. I was, I was a raging ball of fire because I was the only, I was one of the only males in my uh, growing up because a lot of my older male cousins were like, let's see, if I was eight, my, the closest one to my age was probably 20. Mm-hmm. And like, and I like I'm I'm the oldest si- like I'm the oldest sibling, yeah. Of all my, of all my siblings, like uh, my mom has my mom has one two has two kids. My dad has uh, five plus five boys plus four. I want to say four stepkids. Uh huh. So I'm like the oldest. I'm the oldest child. So I didn't have like I didn't have a whole lot of siblings to play with other than my sister who. Uh-huh is like the complete opposite of me and how is she the opposite of you or how are you the opposite of her if you would like to so, say it that way if i'm t- like i i'm calm i'm completely calm compared to my sister uh-huh like uh my sister my sister actually didn't stop fighting like fight her sophomore year of high school. I stopped fighting people my freshman year because you get into high school and they're no longer they're not just bigger than you, they're bigger with bigger than you with guns. And I because I went to a school in the ghetto. <laughs> I'm like, um yeah, I can learn how to control my anger somewhat. Here so in I'm, Washington you went to high school, correct? Mm-hmm. And people just have guns and you you're aware of it. Oh yes. That is intense. And you were a quiet kid. I tried to be. And that's probably Most how people... you you coped. <laughs> oh yeah. They, everybody calls me a social called me a social butterfly. I said, I'm only a social butterfly because I know you. If I don't know you, I don't want to talk to you. Wow. And where do you think you draw a lot of your, your humor from? Um honestly just growing up. Yeah. Like like I I I watched, I like, I watched a lot of comedy to cope with like stress and stuff. Mm-hmm. But a lot of my, like, a lot of the jokes that you hear, or a lot of the jokes that you, um, that you know, um, I write are just things that I literally deal with day to day, and it's like I think it's fun. I think my most of my life is a whole, is like a full, like stand, a uh, full comedy movie, because there's something always funny happening. Like even as I'm sitting here, I'm sitting here in the lunchroom, and my, I've had my director, and my senior, and my senior manager, and my, and uh, a coworker of mine all walk by, and they're like looking at me like, "Are you okay?" <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, I'm just doing, I'm just doing a podcast." <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah, you're just doing a podcast. I'm just talking about my childhood, being a stripper, and you know, just normal everyday lunchroom conversation. Do you have any food in front of you? Um. I have it on the side of me. And they're like people. I, I just like picture you. I kind of like in the Simpsons lunchroom. Like there's just like like just different guys sitting around that are being quiet, kind of gnawing on their sandwiches, and then 
They're like, he's a stripper. Mm. No, no. This is a good bratwurst. Mm. <laughs> Yum. Well, spicy. Fortunately, I do actually have I do have a sandwich in front of me. Okay. And I've I've taken like five bites out of it in the process of like between the interviews just to kind of like get something in my system. Yeah, yeah. No, it it, it it's hard to do an interview with your mouth full. Yep. There's a joke there too somewhere. Um, oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you you performed you performed at it looks at Nate Jackson's club. I see a little picture here. It looks like it's at his super funny comedy club. What was that like? Oh, it um it's honestly one of the biggest blessings I've had because when when I go when I go to Nate's, it doesn't feel like I'm just at a, I'm at another club. It feels like I'm at home because Nate I went I took his uh his comedy the first comedy class he had and i took mm-hmm. the class and um him and his team are very very hands-on like they they coach you and they teach you how to like how to perform this like how to get your words out um the picture you probably I, the pro- picture i probably sent you was probably me with sunglasses on and a toothpick yeah. in my mouth with a red jacket on yeah that's it that was actually Okay, so that was actually my graduation. That was my graduation photo. From like high school or from, college? No, from when I graduated from his uh, from his. Oh, graduated club. from his program. Oh, see, I I I I don't know much about his club other than it's it seems to be a very uh, kind of prestigious one around here. It seems like a lot. It, they they take good pictures. They you know, yeah. and so I I'm kind of interested in hearing kind of about their process from your perspective as well like because like, that's really neat that they help you because i i i want to i i want to support comedians too i'm probably not as with, with me i don't know maybe one day with that kind of infrastructure but i just do it out of a bar but it's really interesting because i i'd love to like help other comedians who are kind of new here help help them to kind of get their way up to nate jackson's and, and stuff like that can you tell me more about the experience in the process well um the experience, like I said, it's like it's a it's been a complete blessing because um, you meet you meet his like his his team, mm-hmm. and it's not just his um, it's not just the interns, but the, his staff that work for him. Um, yeah. and you're surrounded by so much love and support. Like the DJ, the DJ says what's up to you. Like you no, know, he he like um, on a open mic night. Um, if you're on that list, like you get treated like a like you're a genuine comedian, whether you're whether you thought you were funny or not, like you you really feel that presence of I am doing this show. Right. Holy crap. Um, the class it's it was four weeks. Probably some of the best uh, best lessons I learned were just sitting him sitting in um, sitting in the uh, sitting in the club just listening to him like be real with us like there was i mean he took of course he took you know made notes and teacher points but nate jackson's like a real like leader he teaches you from like the ground up and tells you okay so that joke was great however here's how you could tweak it Mm -hmm. okay that joke was probably not your best however let's work on it like there's no like he he never leaves you hanging. And that's really great. Like you're like even if you're even if you're a 
like even if you're new and you go to Nate Jackson's and you get on stage, like the there's a lot of love in the room. I mean, nothing, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that they know there's aren't other places in uh, Western Washington where there's not a lot of love because I've gone to TC I've gone to Tacoma Comedy Club and I've gotten mm-hmm. love. Um, I've gone to Ballard Brothers in um, Ballard, which is yeah. probably yeah. one of the coolest, like cool, chillest rooms I've been in. Yeah. And a lot of, I, like, there's a lot of love. There's like people, like a lot of the, the hosts care about you. Mm-hmm. Like, so, um, I've, I haven't been on stage at uh, the, the uh, Seattle Club Seattle, but I've heard yeah. wonderful things about it. So like, come, especially for Nate, it's very, it's very welcoming. That is like, good. That, that, yeah, I know. I'm glad that he does that. I, I, I and I, you know, I, 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 I mean, I've been, I have not been performing stand up that much. It, it, it kind of all happened all at once, but I knew that at the water wheel that I just definitely wanted to create a welcoming atmosphere and positive and supportive and things like that. And I definitely want to learn more, from people like Nate, Nate Jackson, at least how they run a room and how they make people feel good about not doing well. I, I mean, there was another comedian at, at the other night at my open mic, and it, it, I felt like I got a lot of like kind of like the all stars of the local comedy scene, as far as I can tell. I, but they were it was a very fun night. One comedian went up and they were new. It was their first time at the Water Wheel, and they felt like they had bombed. And actually, that was the funniest part where they openly just kind of acknowledged what was happening. And then they got a big laugh and, they, I, you know, they, they seem fine with it. But I try my best to, like, reach out to people afterwards and thanking them for showing up and making sure that right. even if they bomb, that I want them to come back because I think there's always room for improvement. And I've always say this about bombs. You know what they do? <laughs> they explode. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I think that's the best part about it is that you, that it, if you bomb, there's always an opportunity to explode, whether it's a big one or just, you know, an, an explosion that makes you feel comfortable, which it sounds like the, the Nate Jackson's club makes you feel that way that, hey, that, yeah. and I think that the comedians and up audience members who understand comedy see that. And there's kind of like this sense of empathy. I, 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 you said you, you, you grew up watching comedians. And if you've been to performances, you know, I, I don't try to add in the fake laughter. I try to think about kind of the nuance of what they're trying to get at. So I notice when I'm in the room, I'm laughing at something that 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 is very unique in, in, into the comedy. And I always if I have an opportunity, I try to, like, point out what I thought was funny in that thing to people as well. So, I, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. Um, Nate so himself's a great guy. Like, yeah, like, I, 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 yeah, I, I've only seen like pictures of him, and then I saw that that one on Instagram with him with like, you know, uh, with 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 like Larry David in the background. I said, wow, that's that's super awesome that he's kind um, of made that connection. I actually, um, right before the during the holidays, I actually um, didn't even didn't even know it. Um, did a um, did a show with him. And that was pretty, like, that was pretty, that, that, I think so far, that's probably one of my biggest highlights because um, all the comedians that were at this particular show all have come from Nate Jackson's. And to be able to do this, like, to do something for, you know, do something for the holidays and, like, sit and, like, be in his, like, be around him and just listen to him. Yeah. And, 
watch him tell jokes, it's like it's always like anytime I'm anytime I've been around anytime I've been around him, like even when I first met him, um, it's always been like learning from him, and I'm always learning from him. Like I'm not just saying that because Nate's paying me or anything. Um, I'm really being genuine. Like, yeah, Nate Jackson's probably like Nate Jackson is is a great person. He, uh, he, yeah, no, he 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 he's. I mean, to to kind of. I mean, if you're gonna run a comedy scene, you have to have and and a business. It, it's a good. You have to kind of understand that. Yes, you know, this is a business, but at the same time, it's about people, and in particular, comedy is very much about people, and it's about vulnerability because. I'm sure Nate knows that that when comedians go up, you're telling stories, and especially if it's a first story, sometimes they come out with very personal things, and mm -hmm. and there's just like, and that's where we draw comedy from, and which reels people in to 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 to, to enjoying it. It, it, and you see that when it's happening, like you tell a very uncomfortable story, and right. in your head you know it's funny, and maybe you've made somebody laugh at it, but then you're like, how is this going to translate? to a larger group of people and 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 it seems like Nate really gets that and he's like yes there's a room here and he sees the art and it's 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 good it's i mean it's it's an exhilarating and kind of healthy intoxicating feeling at times for sure oh yeah 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 i was just looking him up i was like i bet Nate Jackson has a book i wanted to see i was just looking it up i want to see if he has a book um, uh if not he does, no, he does have a book out i can't remember the name of it but um I would definitely, I would definitely uh, get it. I think it's called like the ABCs of of uh, running your own, uh, running your own room. Yeah, um, it's very. Uh, I, I, I think I got a preview of it a while back of it, and I, I, I read, I read a little bit of it, but I just can't remember the name off the top of my head. It's been, it's been a couple months. Yeah, the only thing that comes up on Amazon is another Nate Jackson, unless it's the same one. He's written quite a, a few, at least a few books about uh, NFL players, one called Slow Getting Up and one called Fantasy Man, which if you just read those titles, they could be about anything other than football. Slow Getting Up and Fantasy Man. Hmm. <laughs> not, not, not his book, though. Definitely oh. not. That's definitely not Nate Jackson. Well, that is really great that you've had a chance to, 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 to kind of craft your art a little bit there. Um, mm -hmm. And you mentioned the, the heckler. The, the, yeah. was, was, was that, no, you meant, was that your friend, your, your, your friend that was a heckling you? Yeah. Okay. Oh my goodness, hecklers! I, I, how do you deal with them usually? Is it usually like, hey, get up here and do it, or like, uh -oh. and do you have a good heckle story? Um, I have. I actually, I mean, that was probably my favorite one, uh -huh. but I've always had. Um, I know when I was younger, I, um, I always had. I had one heckler that refusedly like would not stop, and so. I stopped my joke and they said, well, since you want to be a part of the show, you're going to be a part of the show. Let's have, let's have a conversation. What's up? Yeah. And I spent my, I think I, I was on, I was on stage for like, I was supposed to be on stage for like 10 minutes and I did five, five minutes of jokes and spent the last five minutes literally just getting, getting something or getting it out the air. And it come to find out it had nothing to do with the joke. I mean, it had nothing to do with me. It was just a joke that I told that hit a sore spot. And I'm just like, well, I you know, after the show, I apologize to them. You know, hey, I didn't mean to like 
hit a sore, uh, hit a sore spot. Um, please forgive me. And they were like, well, I'm, you know, I, I apologize. You know, I, I apologize for ruining your show. Like I understand it takes a lot to get up there. I was like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm 19 years old. Like, what do you, what do you want me to say? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's, I still think it's weird to go to a comedy show knowing that people are going to say things and this is like goes on forever and think that one it's okay to interrupt and i know people do this when they're drinking and then mm -hmm. to like let people know very personally that you're upset with what somebody is saying who knows nothing about you and feel like it's totally personal and then you as the comedian are apologizing to them because for whatever reason, you know, I, 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 you know, I, 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 I really hope that one day people, <laughs> I have a dream that one day people who go to comedy shows understand that difference or, or, you know, and I, I mean, the hard thing too, is that, that when I, I'm still getting used to hecklers or people heckling my comedians is like knowing when it's my time as the host to intervene. Uh -huh. And because and I, I've had to intervene a few times, like one, one comedian uh, was telling jokes and it got a little uncomfortable with one of the patrons who just decided that it was their time to interrupt and, and all this stuff. And the comedian said something along the lines that you said, like, hey, if you think you're so funny, why don't you get up here? And that guy took it as a, a, a provocation and decided to stand up. And everybody watching still thought it was part of the show. And I had to walk over and I had to say, look. If you're going to be here, you got to sit down. And if you don't like the jokes, you need to leave. And, and, and it wasn't until it got very dead silent in there after that, 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 that people realized it. and people came up to me afterwards. And it's like, we thought like it was all just a part of the act. And I said, that's the hard part too with, with comedies that sometimes we can't tell like the audience can't tell what is real and what's not. It's really interesting. Oh yeah. And difficult and stressful. Uh, it's only I've I have found that the only only time it's been stressful is when you've got like when you've literally done all this hard work to prepare for something and then it doesn't go exactly the way you plan and then on mm -hmm. top of that you have a heckler. Like yeah. I I've seen I've been to like small shows where like a list comedians are like pouring their heart out mm -hmm. um like i went to go see eddie griffin and eddie griffin had a heckler and the way eddie griffin handled it is eddie griffin made that a part of his show like yeah it was like it was really crazy because he he even said he was just like like i had a whole bunch to say but this kind of like threw me off since mm -hmm. you want to be a part of the show so much let me let me help you to come in you get a nine out <clears throat> you get a 9.5 out of 10 you would have got a you would have got the point five, but this person right here. Yeah, work yeah work it into the show, and 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 there's an art to it. Does Nate Jackson talk anything about this, like how how to deal with hecklers or how to how to work it into your? Or what would has he did he ever give any suggestions or feedback about that? Yeah. What did um, he say? Nate told us. Nate told us first. He said, um, "Until you're comfortable with it, just kind of ignore it. Like there are going to be hecklers in your life, like in your." In your line of work, there's going to be hecklers because not everybody can do what you like. Not everybody can do what you do. Mm -hmm. But he and he's, he uses examples. He said, "I've had hecklers," and I've. And so like he uses like kind of like, like 
no, don't acknowledge them, but at mm-hmm. the same time, kind of like let them know, like, you know, we hear you. Like mm-hmm. Nate's literally, I've, I don't think he was, he was, I don't even think it was a heckler. I think Nate just kind of put somebody out in the crowd and was doing something. And Nate was like, well, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> like every, like the whole tension, like everybody was looking at, like looking at this person. And Nate's like, well, like, can you sit down, please? Like, I'm trying to do a show. Like, no, please. Okay, thanks. Yeah. Yeah, it, 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 I mean, it's always, I'll sometimes just watch like YouTube videos of, of like comedians and hecklers and how they deal with it. It's, I mean, the, the top ones I've watched like Daniel Tosh. I mean, he really rips them when they heckle him at his big shows. And then he, he he's the kind of comedian where the, the whole audience is on his side. So they just cheer him when, when the heckler gets booted or finally shuts up. It's, you know, it, 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 it's part of, it is definitely an art. And I've seen, I've, there's another comedian, Todd, I can't remember his name, but he has a whole special where, where he, he just, he doesn't write any jokes. He just talks to the audience as part of it and creates his humor as he goes. And, and so people watch his show, uh, watch those specials because, you know, if you're an audience member, you're like, look, that's when he was talking to me and making fun of me and asking me about my day. Mm-hmm. It, I, 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 the crowd work can be really, really challenging uh and 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 i and the you know i always and i want at my shows at the water wheel i'll sometimes tell the audience that that hey just as much as the comedians up here working on their craft you all the audience folks here at the bar are just as much a part of this experiment so one it's important to give the comedians a break and comedians do your best to be cognizant of what you're saying and how that may (laughs) impact people here as well because, you know, you know, you, you may offend somebody, but, you know, at the end of the day, we're just trying to do the mo- make people laugh and do the most right thing that we can. Because uh, right. that, that's the hard part. I'll, as, as like a host of the bar, it's like I'll get e- like emails and messages the next day sometimes about so and so said something that was offensive. And I, I'm like, I don't know what to do with that information. I'm not going to ban anybody from coming back. But mm. it's really difficult. Have you done have you ever hosted anywhere? Um, I've hosted at a Ballard Brothers a couple times. Oh, oh yeah, with Chris, Chris, Chris Zapata, right? Yeah, yeah, he's a good guy. I, I like him. He, I I went there once over the summer when I, it was like the second or third time I had ever done comedy, and I'm glad he gives like ten minutes just to do your thing. Yeah. Uh, it, it was very That's, nice. Go ahead. Uh, the, the times that I've actually done it, those like those ten minutes, uh, they feel like. They they feel so powerful because you're up you're on stage and you're like you have ten minutes to literally just do these jokes and uh, I've met some pretty pretty interesting comedians doing um, during these shows and uh, one night I actually it was a uh, it was a com- comedian showcase and I got to work with um, Tony Daniels this okay. man and. Oh my gosh! It was a wonderful night because I I had to host and open for him, and then he got on stage and killed it. And then the end of the night, like we, it's hard to get it's hard to get a crowd for that, um, for that for that particular venue because it's in the back it, it's in the corner of a bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it, it's a it's a it's yeah, and, and then COVID made it harder because you're like I remember I went in there and I was like you know what I'm just just screw it I'm just going for it it's, who cares 
Yeah. Right. I, I, uh, I've had, I've had some good times there. I've heard, I've heard a lot about, um, a lot of the, um, how the, uh, comedy scene is really, uh, branching out, especially in Seattle, uh, Ballard. Mm. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm waiting to go to Tony's. I'm my, my goal for 2022 is to go to Tony's garage. Cause I heard oh, great. Yeah. Quinn, Quinn Fitzgerald runs that. Quinn is great. He's a great comedian and a good guy too, to get in touch with. Uh, they have a very fun, fun venue. I actually went there before the holidays and it's an interesting place because it's an all ages place. Uh-huh. So, so you can be 18 and perform there. So I brought my, my nine-year-old daughter, uh, cause she, I, I felt like she's got a very strong presence up mm. there. And uh, she 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 killed. She was great. She because I I I told because she was like, well, what do I talk about? And we practiced a little bit at home on her little toy karaoke <laughs> machine. And she mm-hmm. and I said, all you have to do is make fun of me. That is what you do. You insult me. You make fun of me. You tell stories, embarrassing stories about me. That is what you do. And then you end with a joke that you actually made up yourself. And it, it was it was so much fun, and I, I, I mean the, the the lighting there is nice. It makes you feel like important <laughs> oh, yeah. or something. But yeah, I definitely recommend going there, and they have pretty good food. That's the reason but, why I want to go because I heard they have really good food. I, yeah, I, I I shared a cheeseburger with my daughter, and it was like the perfect greasiness of the burger uh, with cheese on it. I actually used to work at a, a bar in South Carolina, and I was the cook. And uh, and and uh, we had like our own burgers there, and this is what the Jatoni V's burger reminded me of. And we had like, and this is what they told me. They he said, you know, when you cook those burgers, just we have a, a container of popcorn butter, just squirt it all over the burgers. So <laughs> I did that. I squirted butter all over. I'd melt cheese on it, put bacon on it, and I give it to the 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 people at the bar. And everybody would say, man, what do you do with this burger? It tastes so good. And I said, I squeeze popcorn butter all over it. <laughs> and that is the key to making a very healthy burger that is not just good for your heart, is good for uh, your indigestion as well, but mostly tastes good. Yeah, so I recommend their burgers, and I, I do recommend going there. And I would love to have you at the water wheel sometime. Definitely. Okay. You're actually a, you're a, another place that I'm I'm definitely wanting to go to. Um, two of my comedy um, classmates actually have been up there, and they've oh. they've said nothing but good things about it. Um, oh, that's warm. Uh, that's nice. So you're you're definitely on my list. I just have to figure out how to. I I my current issue is uh, transportation because I, I don't know. have a I don't have a, exactly a car. My car broke down on my way to a show. What part of town do you, where do you live again? I live in Tacoma. Okay, well, let's get our Tacoma people together that come to the water wheel. There's some people that make it down kind of regularly, and maybe we can find a way to to oh, hook yeah. you up for oh. rides and stuff. Oh yeah, I can figure I can figure it out. It's just I oh. gotta get I actually have to get that um, get that going. Yeah, because I know I know that there are there are comedians that will definitely that I know that will definitely be willing to give me a ride to the show because they think I'm they think my energy is high and they think I am funny. Yeah. And, uh, a lot of my classmates think it's really funny when I get on stage and they call my name and people look like, what in the world? He's not fat. He doesn't even look fat. Why do they call him fat kid? 
because it's P-H-A-T. As I learned from a commercial years ago, when that word first came into the lexicon, it means pretty hot and tempting. So there you go. You can't be telling people that. That's my secret. That's your secret. Oh, sorry. All no. our all our listeners are gonna know, and 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 they're just not gonna, they're not gonna be able to just figure it out by looking at you that you are you are pretty hot or pretty hungry and tempting, you know that could be it too. No, it's uh, the the acronym is pretty hungry. It's pretty hungry and tired. <laughs> pretty hungry and tired. You can do a lot of that. I mean, with the whole stripper thing, you're pretty pretty hung and 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 tempting. Pretty pretty hung and well, no. and, uh, and tired. Uh, I don't when know. I don't know. I don't know. We don't need to talk about how hung you are. That that might be inappropriate humor here. Uh, yeah, we can save that. We can, I could do another podcast later called Dino Dad Strippers. We'll we'll, 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 we'll just yeah. I got I got some story. I got some stories, especially how like how I got into it because I felt like. I feel like me embarrassing myself in front of Nate Jackson and that how I got into that industry are like the top two stories. I love I I I like telling the stories, but also like get embarrassed because first of all, how the heck are you gonna embarrass yourself? I embarrassed myself in front of my for my mom in front of Nate Jackson. Because oh, so my your mom-, mom was there too. Oh yes. Well, see that's the best thing about being a comedian because every situation like presents itself and 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 I I, I want to hear this story but uh, I, I that's what I started noticing first I would just sit around and actually the, the speaking of strip clubs I was have you heard of the playground yes okay so I I wasn't in there but I was in the bar beside it called the Thunderbird one night uh-huh and I'm like a, and I like to go to that bar because I love going to dives and I like listening to their music and playing the jukebox they have a good sound right. system and they also serve like brats at the bar and and, mm-hmm. and, I, and I love the vegan brat. It's called the, the actually the Texi Mexi. It's a spicy vegan brat. So I was sitting there minding my own business, drinking my white claw though, because I, <laughs> I, I was trying to be healthy. And you know, Fabulous. the strippers will come in on their breaks. And two of the strippers can't come in. And I'm sitting there minding my own business. And she begins to proceed to talk to me. And she says, hey like honey or whatever. Hey, sweetie, you want to come back over and, uh, you know, I'll give you a little dance. And I said, I, I, I appreciate it. You know, she's like that, that you want to you know, invite me back to the club. But I said, you know, I'm married and I have kids. And I said, I just come here or whatever. And she says, oh, she says, I've gotten plenty of married men to, to, to come over and have a little fun with me. And I said, well, you know, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do it. And she was going on and on and 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 really kind of uh, adamant to 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 get me over there. I never went, but eventually she got so pissed off at me. I wouldn't say pissed off, but she got a little upset. And so she she looked at me. And she said, "You fucking pussy." <laughs> she said to me, <laughs> and I was just laughing. She said, "You fucking pussy over there with your white claw." And uh, so I sat there and I said, "Look." If you come to my open mic, I'm still not going over there, but I think you're hilarious and you should do comedy at the club with me. And I said, I said, you know, that that would be awesome for me. And she said, oh, you're trying to make a proposition for me. And so anyways, she continued on telling me that she didn't want anything to do with me at that point because I wouldn't uh, do it. I said, I appreciate your effort here. I I know this is your job. So I just sat there 
She downed her two shots of tequila. I downed my wiener and my white claw. That's what I did. So that's my strip club story where I, I didn't I didn't I didn't respond to her uh, pretty hot and tempting exchanges, but I, I resisted them completely. What is your story about your embarrassing moment with your mom and Nate Jackson? So um, this is actually happened. This happened last year. And I, I know who I knew of Nate, Nate Jackson because I've um, I followed his I kind of followed his story of the local uh, you know the local uh, comedian doing big things and me and my mom watched the show young rock mm-hmm. i already knew who i know who i knew who nate jackson was because it was in the paper that he was going to be in the show oh my mom my mom is completely oblivious so we go to the show to go see kevin we went to go see kevin stage and i'm like mom mom that's nate jackson she goes, yeah. She goes, yeah, I know. I said, no, he's from Young Rock. She goes, no, I don't believe it. I'm like, yeah. So he walks, tw- he walks towards me, my mom. I think it was like me, my mom, my godparents, my aunt. And we're all sitting there. We're going to drink our, our Sprites and uh, our, long, uh, our um, Shirley Temples. And I go, what's up, Nate? I was like, I really liked you in, um, no. I said, aren't you the guy from Young Rock? He goes, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> five, minutes later, five minutes later, they announce him. And you can hear uh, the uh, Chris goes, ladies and gentlemen, you've seen your, you've seen your, uh, your host on N- NBC's Young Rock. And I'm just like, embarrassing. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> my, mom starts laugh- my mom starts laughing. And she goes, oh, he, 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 he. I'm like, <laughs> mom, really? Oh, it's so nice that you brought your mom with you. That's yeah, well, you have a good relationship with her enough to bring her to the to that. Uh, she's definitely, um, weird. she's definitely a weirdo. It, you know, it, it's interesting because, uh, and I, I, you know, I try to listen to to like how comedians, how celebrities or comedians deal with this kind of stuff, or even that that starstruck feeling. Um, mm-hmm. And and uh, I I was listening to Seth Rogen talk about it, and he said that you know you'll be out just kind of like at the grocery store picking up stuff, and then somebody walks up to you, and you can see it happening. You can see them just kind of break down, and and they don't know what to do, and they 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 don't know how to get the words out, and then you're you're just sitting there staring at them as a celebrity, like, I don't know what to do either. I feel uncomfortable too. Am I, am I supposed to know what to do with somebody? This, I, 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 and then, and, and then they don't know what to say. And then you have to, as a, as somebody in that position, you feel like, Oh goodness, it's my obligation to like take care of them right now. They're about to spin out of control. Like, please just what happened to like the common ability just to say, hi, how are you doing? Uh, you know, you're, you're Seth Rogen or you're Nate Jackson or whatever, you know, but, 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 but your situation is different, but, but still it, it's, it's that thing that, that happens as you kind of, you know, get further in your career is that, that people start even, even with, with even local comedians that are performing is that people might start seeing you, Chris, around town and, and, and they just kind of equate you with a celebrity. Because... Well, they do, they do now because they've, um, after Nate's graduation, like there was a bunch of people there and I was with my, I was with my best friend and we were, 
headed, we went to a club downtown Tacoma and I'm waiting in line and him and I are laughing back and forth and this girl walks up and goes, hey, aren't you a fat kid? I'm like, yes. She starts laughing. She goes, oh my gosh, I freaking love you from, you did a great job at Nate Jackson's. You are so freaking funny how you were talking about your mom and she's telling me my jokes and I'm just like, so this is what celebrity feels like, hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's an interesting feeling because you know, e even as the host, I'm just like I'm just some dad that lives down the street from the bar. I I, I host this thing, and they're like, "But well, you're really, really wonderful." And it's sometimes hard to believe too, because as comedians, you kind of have this natural tendency to 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 question yourself and judge yourself. Oh, so yeah. you're like, "Do you really like like am I this good? Like am I like am, am I really this nice of a person?" So so I I, I I'm, I'm learning people, and and the, and the thing is, is that there's like the stage persona, and then there's who you really are, and right. and 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 there's some people and i remember when i first started doing improv because i used to do improv in chicago uh -huh. and my toughest part was like hanging out with them like in, in more social situations and young improvisers at least back then did not know how to turn it off and i would be just wanting to like talk to them about you know their day or whatever where the restaurant was and everything was an improvisational conversation. I said, no, I'm actually trying to ask you about pasta and where to get pasta. This is not an improv game. And and, and so uh, comedians are different because they're, they've worked on their material, but even some get off stage and I'm, I'm trying to think, okay, I just want to get to know you. And this is why I really do appreciate you being here. And and because and, I, I we hadn't really talked much before this at all. And, uh -uh. and and so I like that you're you're just bringing like genuine stories and it's not like all funny. Some of the people coming here are just like telling me jokes or whatever and we're laughing or and and it, it, I, I, I don't always know where the conversation, I never know where the conversation goes. I do, I really do appreciate you just giving me education here and and awesome. learning what you're, you're, what you've been through and what you go through and, and, and where you're gonna go. And you're, you seem very passionate about comedy uh, do you have any other goals for your career? or, or, or Honestly, kinda... honestly, my biggest goal, my biggest, like, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this 10 years down the road, if I'm, if I'm any higher than I am, my goal, my whole purpose of me doing comedy is just to bring laughter to this, to the world. I, yeah. I don't, I mean, yes, you know, the money's, the money is great. The fame is, the fame is beautiful, but my, when when I ventured out back out to this, I told my entire comedy team, my my friends and family, um, I said the, whole, the our whole our main goal for Fat Kid Comedy is just to make people laugh. Yeah, we do. Like people deal with so much drama in their lives. I want to be. I, I just want to bring give you know laughter is the best medicine. I want to provide some medicine. Yeah, and there's definitely a lot of pain that that we go through, and and in 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 what I tell people who some people come up to me and be like, oh, I've never done comedy before, I, I I don't think I could ever do it, and I tell them, look, if you ever change your mind, it doesn't take a comedian to tell a joke, it doesn't take a comedian to have a funny story, and I told this other person the other night, I said, if you ever ever decide just to walk up on stage, you don't have to take the whole five minutes, you can walk on stage stare at the crowd and go all right checked it off my bucket list and then go sit down and that is it they said it's just a chance to 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 put yourself out there a little bit 
and say that you've done something and 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 then a place at least like the water wheel uh is just is is a place where where we got a lot of local community neighborhood people that have been going to the bar for a long time and they kind of get it and they want they 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 feel at least the impression i get is that these locals feel just as part of the the scene as the comedians want there to be a scene so so yeah I, i i really really like hope one day you can make it i'm sure you will uh, and yeah. either way, I hope that that you you know the best. And I and I I am one of these people that 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 definitely tries to help promote others as best that I can. Yeah, although Facebook can be a little tedious with that. As soon as you promote, <laughs> they think you're they think you're a robot, and then they, their robots fight you. And I'm seriously that I've been having a a a robot war. It is like uh, something out of a, a really bad Terminator movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm I'm John Connor. I even have an assistant who who helps me out who because I outsource it in the Philippines because they're cheap to get assistants. If you ever need an assistant, I say outsource them because they are just as good, if not better, than than managing social media than anybody over here. I honestly, uh, I actually, I actually do me? have I do have a whole. I when I uh, I talk about I just I mentioned my uh, comedy team. I do have an assistant. Oh, good. Good. I have a, I have a I have a security team. I have a assistant. I have a uh, someone who actually handles all the who handles all the uh, all the dumb things that I don't want to deal with, like uh, annoying annoying people that like to argue with me, um, or people yeah. that like to think that I still I stole their joke. Wow. See that that see that's the whole other next branch of this work that I I need to understand. We'll have to talk offline at some point so I know all these things. These, these are just the things that I'm trying to put in that infrastructure stuff because I do most of it on my own. Well, and and it is it can be really tedious. But the like the whole purpose of like me having these people is because they like these people wanted to do this. Like I didn't I didn't go out to anybody and go, hey, I need an assistant. Um, my assistant actually is my best friend. Um, yeah. The my man. My, that, my, that has been the that 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 is really the best way to go because because they feel a part of this and I every now and again like I I, I there's another comedian there I don't know if you know her but she she goes by Amy Eight. Yes. Um You do know her? I I know of her. She she is a really really good person and kind of shares a vision for the comedy scene here and seems well connected and if you ever run into her uh, anywhere she she hosted the other night at the water wheel and she just oh. she brought she brought like candle like these fake candles and she just created this aesthetic she told me that I should turn this light off in the background to make the light lighting focus more on the comedians she uh, had her own video camera to, to record the whole open mic and mm-hmm. she's gonna edit it and then uh, um, we, we just were texting back and forth to make sure that we knew where we were at for timing and this and that, or if to give somebody a little more time. Uh, and we, we I, and I, and I always try to put up like little TikTok videos of all of like a slideshow of the comedians and things the next day as best that I can. Right, right. So, so I, I really try to make it as much about you all. And it, I'm glad that you, you have, have, you, you know, you're so professional and you're, you're, you're figuring it out. And I think, you know, it, it, I really do believe if you build something and you are committed to it and you are a decent human being as best that you can be and understanding that you have to give yourself and others a break, the sky's the limit and of even course. farther. Yeah. You, I'm never, 
I tell I tell myself um, my my company and my anybody I'm never too I'm never too famous or never too bold to um, to just be me. Yes. Like I love I love like anytime that you meet me, you're gonna the same person that you see on stage is the same person you're gonna see off stage. Yeah. I I I I I I love that because and and that and, and I and I've told you know some other comedians that uh, that I've gotten to know a little bit better more personally just kind of and I and I'm I'm somebody who likes to just just kind of point out the 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 strengths of somebody when I see them and and if you have that authenticity which it very much seems you do that is a very very strong quality you know and and and, and even when I kind of because I'll just even write more celebrity comedians and every now and again someone will write me back or or like a message and i'm thinking why does mike berbiglia he did, did he really just like my message or why did Patton oswald send me a little message back saying you know he declined to come to my open mic but i was like very honored of his rejection so i think it's very telling that that you are you have those qualities um so we're going to wrap it up here but I want to thank you again. Oh, is there man. anything else you want to promote at the end of this that you're that is going on that you would like to share about next steps in 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 for you uh, honestly, as far as things are going? Honestly, the only thing I can promote is any any comp comedian that wants to get out there. It's not it's not rocket science. It's really it really isn't. But not everybody can do it. Um, please go check out. Please make sure you check out Nate Jackson's uh, Super Funny Comedy Club in Tacoma, Washington. You will not be disappointed. Check out your. Make sure you check out the water wheel. I I've heard great things about the water wheel. Uh, as far as Fat Kid is concerned, um, nothing nothing really major going on just yet. Um, I had to take some time off to deal with um, to take care of my mom. She had surgery and uh, had to cancel a show the other night because. I possibly had COVID nineteen. Uh, <laughs> I think we all are are getting it, and I I really hope that everybody's safe and healthy. I hope the CDC, in some ways, releases a thing that basically says that that we can we should we should live our lives as healthy as we can, because uh, uh, I, I, it's really hard, you know, seeing things shut down and this and that, and um, but it's it's just a crazy situation that that gets more depressing when we talk about it. On that note, uh, I, I'll, I'll also say next week, if you are around, uh, I'm trying to make it a nice night. I don't know if you know Anthony Session, but he goes by the Mad Bus Driver. Um, he uh, uh, says he's going to stop by. I've been trying to get a hold of him for a while, and he's going to stop by to do some comedy. And it should, it's still an open mic, but I think it cool. could be a fun, fun night and bring in kind of a different crowd of people, which is what I am going for uh, as well. But either way, down the line, I hope to see you perform there and see you perform out. I'm going to try getting out more to do comedy as well. So maybe we'll meet up along the lines. And just so you know, I'm going to play us out with a little song here. And then I just give you a little call to afterwards just to see how you're doing and how you like this. And then you can have a good rest of your weekend. Does that sound all right? Sounds beautiful. All right. I'm going to play us out with a song and then give you a call.